We're back in Warwickshire. Yeah. Well, I say back. Should, should we release the trade secret on this one or not? Well, that would be... We recorded it on the same day. We recorded it on the same day, yeah. So yeah. We, uh, we we had a wonderful little podcast with Michael Price and Price of Spices, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, well, the guy runs two different businesses, so we couldn't help but uh, make a second podcast, really, because no. the second one is actually... Um, I'm not going to say it's more interesting, but well, it appeals to the meat lovers in us. But, well, I was going to say, it's we've done the, the chilli side of it, and this is the other thing which we love to... Yeah. Me and you could sit there and eat every day. Food, just food. Well, but yeah, meat. Yeah. meat, meat and meat. So um, yeah, we are back up in Warwickshire with Michael Price. But so you run Price of Spices. Welcome back. Um, but we're here to talk about curates. Yes, curates. So you have a charcuterie. So curates spelled C U R E I G H T S, isn't it? So it not, is. not curate as in there is know, meaning behind it. I was so. going to ask that. Well, the meaning behind it is, so I mean, if, if you, first of all, think Brewdog. Well, what is Brewdog? Now everybody knows the fact that Brewdog makes pretty decent beer. But before then, and you didn't realise that they brewed beer, what was it? Well, that's the point. Come up with a word, because if you want to buy a website that's .com.co.uk and get social media handles, you've got to come up with something unique yeah. these days. So it's curate and spelt like that because we curate different products that we make ourselves and it's also a cured product, and we are also using eight parts of the pig. It's actually seven, but the eighth one is the salami, which you make over with all the other bits. So that is one meaning, and we're actually one county surrounded by seven other counties. So Curates has got a couple of literal things with it. But going back to what you said, Jay, we basically started the business because the pandemic was on, and as well as having some of the takeaway curries that we've just enjoyed for lunchtime today, which we've still got some knocking about of. They were lush. I had lots of time in the week to do things because we were doing curry on a weekend, no events and no chilli to do apart from making products and selling online. I decided to do something that I'd always wanted to do. And uh, we all know John Doody that does the uh, UK chilli cook-off, yeah. good old John. Yeah. And I'd seen him posting a couple of pictures of salamis and I'm like, do you know what? That's the inspiration I need to do because I've been wanting to do it for a while. Let's have a look at this. So me and John got chatting just after I'd made a couple of products. And uh, literally, I made a couple of whole muscle products, so such as the uh, the Copas, the Lonzas, and then did a couple of different salamis. That year, we sent off uh, our product to the Guild of Fine Food with some smoked salmon, just for shits and giggles, to see if you can get a great taste star. Yeah. And lo and behold, by the end of that year, we had a phone call to say, it's top secret, we need more samples, you've got a three-star great taste award. Fast forward three months, and I basically pipped all of the uh, charcuterie brands at their own game and walked away with charcuterie product of the year, Golden Fork. So nice. that's the reason why we've now got charcuterie brand as well, because I didn't want to have it all under pricey spices and make it look like jack of all trades, master of none. Mm -hmm. I am a big foodie. I love doing all sorts. I love the science behind it. And that's the reason why it's now its own separate brand. Nice, because it's, I mean, charcuterie... We, we find there's a lot in the UK that we, we encounter anyway, but quality varies massively, mm -hmm. massively. Um, how are you going about sourcing your meat for a start? Because we're in Warwickshire and we didn't see a single pig on our way here, mate. No, so, uh, no that's the reason why there's, uh, there's, well, there's only me in Warwickshire making charcuterie. There's a couple of people that do it over in Coventry and there's some people in the Cotswolds, but there's only me in Warwickshire. And I realised that when I've discovered there's not really any pig farms. So we have <laughs> good, found good a couple research. of... Yeah, we've, we've, got, we've found a couple of local people. So we've had a few pigs now from... Uh, 
Berkswell, where cheese comes from, so Ramhall Dairy over the other side of Meriden, Coventry Way. Uh, they bought some uh, big Tamworth Cross Durracks, and we've had a couple of those. The fat's really good quality. Uh, the meat's very tasty, but because it's a two and a half year old pig, generally the meat dries a little bit darker than what I want the look of in the packet to be, right. and it can sometimes put the customer off. So I don't use that one for whole muscle, great for salami. We've got another independent that we use down in Stratford upon Avon called Lodgewood Pedigree Animals, and their pigs are incredible. And they generally have, uh, oh, what do they have down there now? They've got, uh, oh, I can't remember. I've just challenged myself and it's completely gone. <laughs> it's fun, bloody tasty. It's a tasty pig, is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they generally only have one breed down there, and they're really good. And we've just been trying a couple of the locals. Other than that, we will occasionally, depending on if we've got trouble sourcing meat, we will use a catering butcher. But that then is still generally Warwickshire and uh, Leicestershire border uh, for meat. So it is still local in the Midlands. We just can't guarantee it is all from Warwickshire. But yeah, yeah it just makes for tasty meat. And it's all about food miles, which we chatted about before. Exactly. The review said about the meat also mature and darker. Mm-hmm. Is that just because people... And people not wanting to buy it. Is that just because people don't understand that it's that potentially? Bad? Yeah, I mean, people's perception of a cured meat is it wants to be very pink, vibrant, bit of red. You know, obviously you don't want to see blood in there, but it's got to have that colour to it. If you've got a very brown-looking piece of meat or beige because you've not actually used curing salts, most people don't want it. I mean, that's the other thing when you start talking about curing salts is people, we, we do encounter it quite a bit. It's, you know, it's a bit like the chilling. What's your right one, mate? Mm. People generally come along and they go, oh, do you use nitrates? Well, yeah, because that makes it safe. Botulism is what come about from sausages from Germany years ago and hence where the name comes from from that. Using curing salts prevents that. Now, you will see, some people say that they have nitrate-free meat, and that's because they're using vegetable powders, i.e. celery salt, because that's loaded with nitrates. And that gets you around saying that you're not actually using nitrates. And the problem is, the people that come along asking if you've got nitrate-free meats is because they've heard all the scares about uh, cancer and uh, nitrates being carcinogenic. They're only carcinogenic if they're gassing off in a certain way. So if I use cure number two, which would basically make a product safe for the first 30 days of use, because it's a long-term cure, that's basically letting off the right gases to make the meat safe. Mm -hmm. Now, if I heated that product up to over 130 degrees C during that time, that is carcinogenic. But if you've done the process correctly and you know what the risks are, you've not got any of that risk. So the people that are using the celery salts they're actually getting probably 15 to 20 times more nitrates in the body because of illegal packaging. Yeah. So the, when you when you do get people asking about nitrates, we people would actually just go, all right, appreciate the information, we'll eat your nitrate meat. Yeah. That's the reason why it looks pink and it looks so damn tasty. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. So to go to your question, Nick, the darker one, it still tastes as good, it just does not look... Physically as appealing yeah, as the other stuff in a packet. It's, it's, it's That's your stereotype. Yeah, we, we, we always say, like, if, for us, if, if something doesn't look particularly great, as long as it tastes amazing, that's all that matters. It's, exactly. It doesn't really matter whether it's dark or as long as you've got the, the, the flavours there and the taste quality is there. But, yeah, I think we've been conditioned, haven't we, in the UK, certainly by supermarkets, <laughs> to, to kind of, yeah, it's got to look rosy and lovely and beautiful and 
unblemished in this, that, and the other. But that's not that's not real food, is it? So exactly. No. So should we have a little nibble on uh, some chipotle cocoa whilst we're talking about uh, yeah golden, so, golden fork meat? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, do you want to explain what copa is for anybody who's never heard of it before? Okay, so copa is made is from the uh, the collar, so top of the shoulder, mm-hmm. and uh, it's perfect. Or uh, it's also known as the uh, the money muscle in uh, barbecue, American barbecue, right. or the Boston butt. So the Boston butt is the same muscle with the bone in, and the money muscle is basically your pork collar. Yeah. Great for making any kind of salamis or uh, sausage anyway, because it's got, generally speaking, a perfect 30-70 balance. So 70% meat, 30% fat, Lovely, which yeah. is kind of where you want to be. So if you're making salami, you really want to be anywhere between... 25 and 35% fat. You can go lower fat, but you're not going to have the flavour. In Italy, yeah. uh, I think they would use the phrase two to enso grasso, which basically means it's all about the fat. Yeah. And to be honest, the fat is the flavour highways to get the flavour oh, in. always. We always yeah. say that. Fat is flavour. It's almost Still got like, a slight nuttiness on the nose. Yeah. It's just, it, I mean, I'm literally smelling this and... I don't even want to eat it because oh, <laughs> I just love the smell. Mate, no. you, you're actually eating the actual ah. flavour is coming from. It's amazing. So this is chipotle copa. It's very subtle on the spicing when it comes to the heat. Mm-hmm. So you've got the garlic, mm-hmm. you've got the chilli, and it just it's just wonderful. I mean, in That's Italy, fat. you would get the spicy stuff in the south of Italy, but then you would get the higher-end products such as your copas in the north of Italy, because obviously mm-hmm. you've got the, the pauperish kind of food down south and the higher-end food up north. So it's mixing the two together, which in Italy you would never really find a copa that is hot and spicy. But but, but that, the, 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 oh, that fat. The chipotle mm. just adds enough of like a, a smoky flavour to it. That it's, yeah. It's not, it's there, but it's not there, if that makes sense. It's the, or well, the back of it. Yeah. Back, back here. But that fat is, is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's, this is a podcast, so people can't see what we're doing right now, but we're literally just lining our hands with, with meat quite happily. Um, I'm going to take a picture. Yeah, definitely not for vegans. <laughs> no, it's really not. But do you want to do you want to hear a funny story? So my first event in Warwick last year, food festival, Warwick. Lady comes up to the stall, looking at all the products. I'm like, do have a sample if you like. She's like, oh, I've been vegan for the last four years and vegetarian for twelve years before that. I was like, oh, okay, sorry about that. Anyway, she stands in front of the stall. Five minutes later, she walks back up and approaches with a debit card. She goes, I'll have one of them, one of them, and two of them. She spent twenty on quid on some meat. And she was like, right, that's it. Your products look that good. You've converted me after all these Yay! years. So the first event, <laughs> I didn't just have a good day's trade. I actually converted a vegan. Well, that's what, <laughs> dude, that's a good, that's, that's, that's what you're saying, right isn't it? Isn't it on, uh, obviously not true for every, for every vegan, but is it, I think it's most, or a lot of vegans will only last six months being vegans before they go back to being vegetarians. Right. It's, this, it's the diet lifestyle, which obviously gets quite quite hard Gee, but. I get upset myself if I've just had a cheese and onion sandwich for lunch do you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dude that's that's fantastic I mean that that fat it it holds together well enough but melts at the same time it, it's just it's creamy and just delicious it's wonderful nice uh, again the, the seasoning for me I absolutely adore that yeah. that salt is on the money thank you that's so yeah, that means, money, yeah to be fair it tastes really good now and it's got great flavour best way to do it we've only just got this out of the maturing yeah, room which is about 11 degrees 
leave it at room temperature for a good half an hour to yeah. an hour. Now, all of the products that I make are actually ambient storage. They don't need to go in a fridge. Most people mm. that see meat that's not in a fridge won't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. So all of our products in stores are actually in a fridge just to make you feel at ease. <laughs> but generally speaking, leave it out and it will just, the fats will just melt. Yes. Yeah, they're just absolutely yeah. beautiful. And that's really what it's all about. So we have a try of our Stratford sausage on. Yeah. So we work with a, a vineyard just uh, three miles away in Stratford up in Avon and they make some beautiful Pinot Noir. So we use this in okay. our uh, Stratford sausage on. So it's kind of a French-inspired English sausage. Interesting, yeah. So, so. I was going to say, because you, you've got your pepperoni, which is your more Italian style, and you've got your sausage on going yeah. more French style. Um, Pinot Noir as well. So it's a lighter red that you're using. It is, and it just works perfectly. So this is a lovely dark colour. This looks like a sausage sandwich. This is actually off the pig that we were talking from Burkeswell. So really, the darker colour meat is that two and a half year old uh, pig that's basically at the end of its breeding cycle. But it's the actual, it's the actual fat content in it is absolutely gorgeous. It's like an umami on the nose, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Wow. But yeah, the fat that is, it's almost like butter. Yes. Oh, really, really good. Mm. Oh my god, it's literally like butter. You're right. Yeah. I can literally push that with my tongue and it just spreads. Yep. Oh my God. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. And that's this, even only a couple of years into this wow. and making so many different products, you learn which breed of pig and which fat from certain areas of the pig will work for certain products. Mm. And other ones will actually ruin a product. So if you start the fat smearing in a salami, it will never dry out properly and it will ruin it. Yeah. And you'll end up with a raw product. So it's, it's learning how an animal and different parts of that animal can make different products and make it well. My God. You know, so you, you've not just got temperature control. You've mm -hmm. got different sizes. You're going to grind the meat and obviously then how you're making it and processing it and storing it. Because the cool thing is, even if you have the same recipe as me right now, the different ways in which we ferment that product in the maturing room will actually have a completely different flavour. Well, what's, what's also really nice about that is, even though we were saying about, about like the fat content, which you can see, meat it also doesn't leave that sort of like slightly greasiness in your, in your mouth yeah. it's absolutely gorgeous so from we'll take the sausage on as an example from the moment you get your pork delivered to your door yep how long does it take until that's ready to go out on the shelf uh so butchering a pig down you've got at least a day's work it's uh looks a lot faster when a butcher's doing it but yeah. you've done a few you do speed up but it's still a very slow process doing it properly yeah uh from making that we will basically put it in uh we've got a couple of products we do uh, so the pepperoni we cheat with we do use a starter culture in that just to speed up the process okay the rest of it is all uh lacto fermented Okay. Uh, so we'll do that the traditional slow ferment way, I and mean, it'll be in the uh, sorry, the fermentation cabinet for anywhere between three and five days. Uh, at which point you'll see all the natural penicillin algae events, see the white powdery stuff mm -hmm. forming on the outside, and working with what we you know classify as F degree hours, it's basically the amount of time that product can sit there safely as the pH is coming down. So mm -hmm. it's, it's basically a sliding scale of what temperature things are at, but it's really quite interesting the science behind it. That's in there for a few days, and that then goes into the maturing room for anywhere between, depends on the size of the, the sausage casting, but on average, yeah. with the ones that we've got there that are a two-inch diameter, mm -hmm. that takes about six to seven weeks. Personally speaking, I like to slow the process down a bit. So in our maturing room, I've found out which areas in that room have got better and lower different humidities and slightly different temperatures. So we operate that room to be about 12 to 12 and a half degrees C, 
but obviously there's fluctuations in different corners of the ring. So we'll move product around to speed up or slow down. Yeah. And that'll encourage different flavor as well. And the other interesting thing is, so the white powdery stuff we get forming on the outside, which we've just mentioned, which is called penicillin nalgiavensi. Mm -hmm. In 2015, they discovered there's another color that grows on that, which is kind of like a, a gray, greeny, bloom colored mold. And that's called penicillin salami. So okay. basically, it's named after Slam. And that was, sorry, it was only 2015 they discovered it. Wow. And uh, my room now will naturally grow plenty of penicillin. And you'll see the other odd little, you know, different bit of mould growing. Does it worry you? After you've done it for a year, definitely not. If it doesn't look right or smell right, you'd bin it. But I've never yeah. had one of them yet. Yeah. There's plenty of good bacteria in there. Good. Uh, you're talking about pH. What kind of pH do you need to get down to? So, right, if you were talking chilli scale, you'd be looking to get around the four and below mark. Obviously, you don't want to get too acidic because it's going to taste manky. So you're mm-hmm. looking for that magic area. When it comes to the charcuterie, we're not just looking at making sure we've not got botulism in the products. Obviously, you're going to you know, look for salmonella, listia. We are working with all of those big categories, and they mm-hmm. all have different kind of ways on thriving so yeah. we're working if you imagine you've got a venn diagram you're working right in the middle so i want to be below a ph of 5.3 mm-hmm. and i want to be above 4.7 okay. so it's not too acidic and it's mm-hmm. not too alkaline and yeah. that is a perfect way to go with it so you don't mind going a little bit more sour with a uh, sausage on sec that's definitely going to work with it and the fats will mask that being a little bit more acidic anyway yeah, yeah. so it's it's very strange on how long something stays that ph4 and it will change over time and the more it dries the ph definitely changes but yeah. that's already hit its safety targets anyway so you're then just going for development of flavor yeah but yeah, yeah. As, as far as ph goes it's a very good you know safety hurdle to check for but magic numbers it's quite a close area that you're yeah, looking for okay so you're still technically acidic aren't you below ph neutral but yeah depending on the breed of the pig uh you can actually nearly be on target before you've even started fermenting so really? you, you're fermenting uh to bring that ph down yeah, of course. and get the lactic bacteria which we yeah. are coated in that's the reason why i won't wear gloves when i'm making a product as long as you've got clean hands and clean fingernails all the lactic bacteria that's coated on you is going to get more into the meat mm-hmm. so what i generally do is we will use a, a very basic form of sugar. So you've heard of uh, glucose and mm-hmm. lactose. We use uh, dextrose. Mm-hmm. And that is the most basic compound of sugar yeah. that the bacteria can eat because they can't break down granulated. Yeah. Uh, we just put a little bit of that in there. And if you go with a certain ratio per kilogram, you can encourage to get to the right uh, right level of pH in the right time frame. It's, it's all about knowing the breed of pig and what pH it starts with and measuring everything all the way through. So yeah. there's a lot of note-taking. That's well, great. Again, the science is great for it. But I think I think that also helps. Uh, to, to me, I help that that helps justify and people to understand the cost of charcuterie. Because I know that I've I've seen it many times at festivals, and they look and go, "I'm not paying five pounds for like eight thin slices." But actually, yeah. you know, I mean, the amount, like, say, the time, the effort, the love, everything that goes into it, it's, it's massive. Well, you know, if for me <laughs> to buy. If, if, at the end of the day, I've got respect that somebody's grown the pig locally, fed it good quality ingredients. Mm-hmm. Then there's abattoir fees and these kind of costs of bringing that to me. So it's yeah. it's all got cost associated with it. And if it's decent quality, you're going to have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't buy decent quality pork from local breeders for the same price I could buy charcuterie from the rest of Europe that's actually been finished. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. people go, oh, I, buy st- I get something from Lidl and I only pay £2 for it. I'm like, well, <laughs> very good, but I don't think the pork's going to taste very good. I can't <laughs> even buy it. 
before it's been conformed into that. And it's kind of, it's got all of the storage and electrical costs and my costs. So, no, it does have costs associated with it. If you want to take something that's good, sadly, you've got to pay good money for it. Yeah. (laughs) So, so moving on to something else was in front of you. It's probably one of the charcuterie thing, which everyone knows, even young kids, which is pepperoni. Let's get some off and let's have a taste. So this has got a nice little fennelly taste to it. Not too spicy. Love fennel and pepperoni. And uh, should have a really good bind to it, that as well. So it's all about learning how to mix your salami meat and not over mix it. Do you just do the one type of pepperoni? Uh, The moment, yes. (sighs) Smell. Everybody's gone quiet, but I can't have a smell. So yeah, pepperoni that's not been put on pizza is amazing. Oh yeah, I hate pepperoni So you'll get the fennel only. Yeah, it's Mm. nice and fennelly. Slightly spicy, but not overly. Oh yeah, the fennel. Wow. That's perfect. The, um, the, 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 the thing that like, you find with like, obviously a lot of shop bought pepperoni is it's also quite pre- greasy where that is perfect. Oh, sorry, it's lovely. Well, the, the, you've got to find the right balance because the, my big bugbear with the pizza is if you've got a load of grease floating around from somebody that's decided to put Which, cheddar on there and not mozzarella and yeah. don't want greasy pizza. No. And then if you've got a pepperoni that's got a really high fat content it's or just oil fats everywhere. that are very mm-hmm. melty, i.e. if we used the same fats that we've got in our Stratford sausage on, it would just be a grease ball on top of your pizza. Yeah. It's knowing which fat to use to make that tasty. Absolutely. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah, totally agree. Because I, I, I do not like pepperoni on pizza, and it's mainly for that reason. It's because it just creates an oil bath and the, the stuff that you would normally get in commercial level. Exactly. So unless it's something like that, um, I stay clear of it. You can't be doing it. Like you say, yeah, cheddar, cheddar. No, cheddar has no place on pizza or a burger. Do you know what I mean? The oil is Definitely too much. Not. Yeah. Um, but that's wonderful. But pepperoni, yeah, this is what I mean. This is how it should be eaten. Do you know what I mean? Maybe a couple of olives on the side, but exactly. just like, just straight up. It's just magic. Do you know, it's actually quite ironic. I did have, uh, I was chasing up a trade customer uh, only a few weeks ago and uh, rang up and said, oh, how did you get on with the samples? And uh, rather than telling me that they liked the product and this, that and the other, it was just, you're too expensive. Okay, right. Fair enough. Obviously not for your client base. <laughs> and then heard the lines, we buy from uh, Booker Cash and Carry and we only pay £5 a kilo. <laughs> Closely ended with, we've not had a complaint yet. Right, yeah, but you've also not had compliments. So, <laughs> yeah. But it's a shame. Maybe your customers should complain. <laughs> the ironic thing is with that is that a friend of mine that lives in that village did go in and had one of their charcuterie boards. And he actually did complain oh, because the picture on the website looked nothing like it was like the Michael Douglas bit in falling down. The mm-hmm. picture looks nothing like what I got. He got a reply. They said you should have asked for the website charcuterie board. It's just one on the menu. Anyway, all I can say is I dodged a bullet there because wow. I don't want to work with that sort of people. That's, but that's the sort of thing with this sort of stuff. It's people are used to buy like say as you were saying buying buying cheap all things with whatever. Yes, but it's until you try stuff which is quality. You, you don't realise the, the chalk and cheese yeah and it's and you then not like uh, like don't know I'll, I'll buy the cheap stuff if if it's like a I find like someone's coming around like oh, 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 on that evening and I've got no chance to get anywhere where I, I prefer to go to somewhere which does all the mm. real good quality stuff and spend the money on it yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. Cheap. I also no. like that you reference falling down 
as a movie. Uh, it's one of those movies that, like, as you get older in life, the more and more you just can relate to Michael Douglas in that movie. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I, when I remember watching it, I was probably like late teens or something when I first saw that movie, and I'm like, well, this guy's just having a bad day. But now, like, they, it's like, he held it together remarkably well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> life has become falling down on mm-hmm. many occasions, yes. Absolutely. Anyway, can I tantalise your taste buds with my version of an endure? Absolutely. Yeah. I think okay. we're saving, well, I'm saying we're saving the best of life. So, Endure, both Nick and I are massive fans of. Oh dear, um, I hope it steps up to the mark then. <laughs> so, um, and Endure for me is one of those things that I just love on hot buttered toast. Or, or hot toast, I don't even butter it, sorry, because obviously the fat would just sort of normally just melt in. But um, Endure is just wonderful, wonderful stuff. So, uh, again, so anybody that doesn't know what it is, do you want to explain? Or explain what yeah, your version so is? Yeah, so my version is called Middle Endure. So, obviously, you've still got Endure reference at the end. And. The reason why I've done that is just in case uh, Endure gets a CGI or DOP status in the near future and it means that nobody else can actually use the word Endure yeah. unless it's made from uh, down in Spillinger in Calabria. Yeah. So because of that, it's called Middle Endure, which makes sense because it's point in made time in the Midlands. Um, i got to say there's a point in time I think when Chipotle was um, being discussed in that respect as well. Okay. Um, it should technically come from like um, Jalapa in, in Mexico and should be done over mesquite wood and yeah, yeah, yeah. all that, but I don't, I don't think it's actually going to happen. So basically what Endure is, it's uh, the easiest way to describe it is it's a spreadable salami. Now it's a really posh version, even though it is it's South Italian, pauper food, it's a way to make the meat go further and last without going off. It's essentially a third meat, a third fat, and a third chilli. Right. Now, That's what I'm for. the reason why I've got a couple of products that I've got a little bit of spice into them, or this particular one, is using my wealth of knowledge of chilies from 10 years plus and now obviously doing the charcuterie so putting all the bits of information yeah. together in order to make something incredibly tasty and normally an endure for me can be quite bitter because the calabrian chilies well, it's not pe- always pepperoncino inconsistent. isn't it it's a little yeah. sort of yeah so in fact you know what i've got a bag full of dried uh, calabrian chilies <laughs> so that there is normally what goes in there you go yeah there you go chili ristra of Calabrian chilies, and yeah. that's normally what's in there. And they, they can be very bitter, so we've gone with a sweeter chilli in there, and people are absolutely in love with this product, and yeah. it's just great, so easy to use. Sorry, thanks for doing a visual on a podcast, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> not a podcast. Here you go. Here's, yeah. here's a chilli I'm going to take a picture of this, and maybe we can put it up on the, um, on, 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 on the website. <laughs> yeah, so. the, that, the, the flavour is amazing. The, 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 the fat content, yet again, just, it, yeah. just doesn't sit in your mouth. What's also really, really good is that heat. It's like the, it is actually the last part of it which you get, and then it just sits there nice, warm. Yep. So that's not pepperoncino. What is it? In the uh, middle and doer. Trade secrets, not giving you that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. It's amazing, but it's beautiful. You've got to have a balance of sweet. You know, mm. if you think about Thai food and you've got the saltiness, the sweet, you've got all the different aspects. For me, every food should have that same level. Yeah. I think you guys want another hit of Endure there, don't you? You've definitely got the sweet in there as well, but it's not... Um, not it's too not sweet. Well, yeah. It's not what we're called sugary sweet. It's vegetal sweet. It's it's um, like a natural sweetness. Yeah. It's not um, yeah, it's not confected or anything silly. But again, the, oh, I want this on something hot so I can get that back. Because I I, the fat renders in your mouth. Like yeah, yeah, just a mm. nice little warm uh, crustini or something just straight mm. on top. I mean, I'm just letting it sit in my mouth a little bit. I'm just up to temp. And just feel it rendering away. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you see, I mean, even before I really got into doing the charcuterie, it's like when I saw Lardo, for instance, which is just cured 
backfat. Mm. I was like, why? Why would you do that? Well, when yeah. you've tried it and you've just got a slither of beautiful backfat that's been mm-hmm. in rosemary and spices and salt yeah. for six months, the flavour profile is just incredible. But yeah, you've got to try it. It's just, it's all about knowing what fats to eat and when not to eat the fat. And you know what? Is it good for you? Who cares? Does it taste good? Hell yeah. It's good for the soul. Yeah, but then, <laughs> you know I mean, but, care about the waistline. It's good for the soul. But then it's, 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 it's not something which you would eat seven days a week, 24 hours a day, is it? You so. don't run a charcuterie business. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you can't afford to, Nick. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm slowly increasing in size. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's that sort of thing. Like you were saying, it's, it's like a balance. Fact on it. it's, it's, yeah. you, would, you would eat it as part of a, a balanced lifestyle when you would, you would just, just sit stuff. there. <laughs> yeah, working at uh, next door to the brewery is I say it's terrible. Yeah, there's um, all this wonderful food and there's all these lovely beers. It's yeah. the yeah. heat is on the money, by the way. For that, I think also, yeah, I think if you go too hot on something like that, you're just detracting from that wonderful quality pork. So that heat for me that's, is just that's spot on that heat. it's not hot. It's, it's got enough of warmth about it, but I think if you go too much, you, you yeah, uh, changing focus. I know as a, as, a, as a producer, you, you don't want to say this, but which would you say is your your favourite product out of the, the four you tried? Uh, I've always liked Copa. Just just for the yeah, fact the that it's, it's not necessarily the easiest to make, but it's certainly easy to make and the methods in order that I do it. But the flavour profiles that you can get in there, just relying on the, uh, yeah. the the marbling of the fats, is just perfect. Yeah. But I do like the versatility of the, the Endua. And again, when you make your own guanciale and you can just go, oh, I'm going to grab a little piece of that and make a decent, uh, you know... Uh, carbonara it's just yeah. the wealth of different products it's nice to be able to play about with different things and the one product we're just about to launch is actually another copa and that's okay. uh, it's another collaboration so there's a gin distillery up in Stratford-Penhaven called Shakespeare Distillery Okay, uh, they're very highly awarded and we use their uh, we actually recycle for them we use their spent uh, botanicals mm-hmm. we bring all that back we mix it with a few other ingredients in order to cure and um, we basically we uh, basically Cure some copa with some uh, waste ingredients. Nice. And it basically tastes very, very London dry ginny. It's beautiful. Really? Is it quite juniper? Yeah, it's it's like a fennel copa on speed. It's just, yeah, it's incredible. Wow. So that's uh, coming out very soon. And we're just about to see we'll launch Brasola as well, which is uh, Mm -hmm. cured beef. So obviously most of the products are all pork. Yeah. Um, We're looking at doing a Christmas special, which is going to be a a new salami. Uh, It's going to be venison pork Yum. and it's going to also have some uh, possibly some uh, Cotswold distillery single malt uh, soaked into either some kind of fruit maybe some pistachios in there or something but it's going to be incredible yeah. so I'm going to start playing with that in a couple of weeks time and get that ready for Christmas nice Con- 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 yeah. I'm going to put you Saucy song yeah yeah See, I'm, I'm stuck. <laughs> I'm stuck with the Sausson, the Copa, and the, the, the Dua. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah. But the reason Sausson wins it for me is because, like Michael says, that, that, that fat melts like butter. Yeah. Um, that texture in your mouth, it's, it's got a richness of flavour. It's just divine. Um, yeah, I mean, there is nothing here that I don't no. like. Do you know what I mean? But if I had to pick one to take home kind of thing, then that's mine. What's yours? Uh, that's the thing. I'm stuck between the two. The three, but saying that, but even the pepperoni is, is is really really good. It's when it's really good quality, it's really mm. hard to choose one. Mm. But I'm happy for the endure. Uh, 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 I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's belting, isn't it? Super. So we actually feature on the front. You can see there, obviously on the podcast, you can. We've got a little QR code, and it says British Endoa, How to use me? So people that have heard of Endoa are like, okay, intriguing. Where does this take me? It actually takes you to a little recipe on the website, and 
If you've not seen it, have a watch. So Stanley Tucci did Searching for Italy, season one and two. Mm -hmm. Sadly, I don't think season three is going to, which would be the end of it all. I don't think they're going to do it. But in season two, uh, Stanley ended up in London, which is considered almost the 23rd state of Italy. Uh, and he ended up in uh, Francesco Mazzai's restaurant, who I believe is a Michelin star chef. And it was Francesco that brought Endua back from Spillinger in Calabria okay. uh, in the 90s for the British to try in yeah. his restaurant. So he introduced the Brits to Endua and went, right, this is what we're going to do with it. And he actually mixes it with a little bit of honey and lemon juice and okay. um, turns it into a wet paste that's warm. Interesting. So if you're going to make something like a Diavolo pizza, yeah. you do that method. I've kind of worked out what I... Because he didn't declare what kind of honey and lemon juice to go with. So I've yeah. kind of tried a few things. Have a look on the website. You'll actually find it's quite an interesting way to use it. So if you're going to like drizzle on a pizza, it's liquidy enough to get a good content on there, and it's a game changer. Rather nice. than just putting dobs of it on a pizza, Yeah, it's so different. It's really, really good. But yeah, try that. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I might have to. So I quite like it spread on top of um, uh, a wheel of uh, camembert oh, as well. Oh, nice. That way, that's always nice. So what is the website? Yeah, so it's uh, curates.com, so that's C-U-R-E-I-G-H-T-S.com. Awesome. And people can just buy online and... and Certainly can. Really. The more yeah. that's in the basket, the more you pay for shipping. But generally speaking, it's a lot lighter than the glass jars for the other business cool, because it's it just ever. in uh, packs. So, yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's, we're talking hundreds of grams rather than kilos. Exactly, so yes. We could be here all day, I think. Yeah. Um, but obviously, time is time with podcasts. But, dude, thank you so much because we've just got to try some absolute <laughs> building products, frankly. And I am I'm in love with Saucy Sun. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we, I mean, we wish you all the best with it as well because it is really, truly something brilliant. So well done indeed. Thank you very much. Um, otherwise, thanks for listening to us. Yeah, um, this is uh, That's Not a Chili. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on another podcast real soon. Cheers for now. If you'd like to learn more about the wonderful world of chilies, then don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Find us on Facebook, Instagram or YouTube under Clifton Chili Club.